Good morning. Hey, I'm Pastor Mark. It's good to see everybody here. Again, if you're a guest, uh, welcome. I hope we get a chance to chat after the service just for a minute. We're doing a series right now. It's called Pillars because pillars are important. But pillars are important because they support something that's very important. (laughs) That's the porch or an entire house. So we talk about mission pillars. What are those important things that support our very purpose for existence? Individually and as a church family. The reason why we exist, the mission of connecting people to Jesus. We talked about that mighty pillar of worship. How there are so many idols and distractions out there in the world, this great gift that God gives to us to be able to join so regularly uh, to receive his forgiveness and grace and have a stronger faith. Last week, Pastor Jeremy started with the next pillar, growing. He talked about growing in our faith toward God, growing closer to our creator. And today I want to talk about growing in the sense of growing in love toward one another. So as the verse in Hebrews uh, 10.24 that we just read, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Love one another. Love one another. There's a, a big, big word that we use in theology called righteousness. And, and sometimes we slip up and we say that big word in front of uh, everybody. Has anybody heard righteousness before? righteousness. What in the world does that mean? Well, very simply, it means to have a right relationship. So our sins, you know, they separate us from our Creator, and Jesus comes to give us a right relationship with God again, to give us His righteousness, actually, which is a perfect relationship with God. But here's the thing for today. As it turns out, we cannot have right relationships with other people if we do not have, first, a right relationship with God. So worship, receiving that gift of faith, the Spirit of God upon us, growing in our faith and reading His Word, having devotions, praying to Him, enables us now to grow in love towards one another. This is a necessity. It's not uh, an optional add-on, side item. Uh, It's a necessity. And it's something that we, if we didn't know, we learned very clearly. It was certainly very obvious during the height of the pandemic. Human beings are relational creatures. God has created us. He has wired us to be in relation with other people. And when we are not... We suffer. There are physical and mental adverse uh, effects, right, of being lonely, being isolated from other people. We learned over the last two years that isolation actually decreases, ironically, our own body's immunity. It increases the risk of cardiovascular disease. It increases the rates of anxiety, the rates of depression, 
and the rates of suicide. Loneliness, isolation, increases the risk of death by 26%. We are wired to have good relationships with other people, and when we don't, we suffer. So it puzzles me just a little bit why so many people choose isolation so often. You've seen this? Have you seen families together and they're all looking at their phones instead of looking at each other? We, they choose this. And it's become uh, just a, a way we live our lives now. Uh, driving through our neighborhoods, we open the garage door, we pull in, we close the garage door behind us and we're in for the night. No more the, you know, before air conditioning, you know, sitting on the front porch and waving to the neighbors when they walk by and talking to your neighbors about what's going on in their lives. How about something real simple? Does anybody re remember a time or maybe have you ever lived in a place where you're driving down the road and you're passing a car coming the other way and you wave at them and they wave back? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does this happen to you? Very strange event, isn't it? Right? I still do it. And, and I know I just drive people crazy. They just, I'm sure, if it's a couple, I'm sure like, do you know him? No, I don't know who that guy is. I have no idea who that is. Weirdo. Right? Just being social. Right? And just choosing to, to spend more time with other people instead of more time in front of the TV or the monitor or your phone. Again, we are built for community. We're built for relationships with each other. And we thrive physically. It's necessary. Mentally, it's necessary. And of course, today I'm really focused on spiritually. It's necessary. None of us are meant to walk through this world alone. Oh, my. The struggles and the challenges that we all face are not built. It's not never meant to be a, 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 a solo endeavor. Right? It's a community. It's a family of faith. Now, what happens when you start to spend a lot of time with another person? Uh, they start to get on your nerves. That's what happens. They start driving you crazy, right? And look at our society as a whole. I don't think I'm wading into politics, but I just say we're all messed up, right? That's not a political statement, right? Our whole country is a mess. We can't even talk to each other civilly anymore. We can't agree on anything. We can't even disagree respectfully. It's a mess relationally, socially toward other people. The other thing that happens when you start spending a lot of time with someone is you start to care about them. And when you care about somebody, when they have a problem, or when they're going through a challenge, you, you feel that too. You feel the weight of their burden as you walk alongside them through life. That's probably another reason why people choose to isolate it is to insulate them 
from other people's problems, to insulate them from other people's pain, and to insulate them from other people's worldviews that are so much different than their own. It's no wonder that the key word in that verse for the day is let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. There's something to that selfishness of not wanting to interact and mingle and, 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 and first of all, get frustrated by other people, but then, but then to actually care about somebody and have to carry some of their burden. I mean, I got enough troubles of my own, right? Does anybody know what a spur is? Just a couple people? Anybody know what a spur? I hope so. You live this close to Cave Creek. You should know what a spur is. And I'm not adding anything to the text of the Scripture. This is the word. It means to incite. It means to cut someone, to provoke them to act, to respond. You take a spur on the heel of your cowboy boot and tap it into the side of a horse, that horse is going to respond. It may respond the way you want it to and giddy up, but it may buck you off. So we talk about considering how we can spur positively, not negatively, but positively. How can we incite people to respond in love and get involved right, in doing good deeds? Well, if you don't like the word spur, maybe you like the word encourage. Is that softer? That's a biblical word too. St. Paul uses this a lot, encourages us to live out our lives as Christians in the world, light in this dark world. Let's encourage one another to do just that. And all the more, it says in the next verse, not giving up meeting together. It's what we're doing here and online as we gather together to create this community that is around Jesus, that is around God's word, and to go out and to share that, to live in a way that makes a difference in our world. As some are in the habit of doing, we don't do that. But encourage one another. There's the word. That's a more positive way to say it. And encourage one, each other all the more as you see the day approaching. And you know what the day is? When it's big capital D, day in the Bible, it's the last day. It's when Jesus comes back. It's when we, we all get to go to heaven together. So I want you to turn to someone near you right now, and I want you to say to them, you better learn to like me. <laughs> go ahead. You better learn to like me. And you better learn to like me because we're going to be together for a long time. So how about we start hanging out with each other now? Start getting to know each other now. Start, <laughs> I was trying to make a joke out of that, but I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> start forgiving each other now. Start building those deep relationships now that are good and right and very beneficial, very beneficial physically, spiritually, and certainly emotionally. 
We've got a lot of ways that you can grow in love toward each other here. We have life groups that meet uh, every single month. Talk to me if you want to get into a life group. They're uh, very much by kind of different stages in life, parents, young parents, single, grandparents, we'll call them. Um, so uh, that's something that we're, where we get together once a month. We do that. But we also have mom's group meets every week, a women's group, a men's group. We have a youth group. And here's one we don't talk about very much, but uh, about a month before Christmas, a month or so before Easter, uh, we have Wednesday night meals here before we have a, a worship service on Wednesday nights. Uh, come, come, grow in love toward each other. Here's something that's really easy to do. Before church, right there on the patio, we have free coffee. It's amazing how much fellowship can happen around coffee. It's it's surprising to me. Even it works. It, it tricks me too. Like even a, a six foot four uh, grizzly man feels safe hiding behind a little cup of coffee. You know, I can actually go and talk to people, not be afraid. Uh, but it works. It really works. So how about you just budget uh, an extra fifteen minutes into your Sunday morning, get here a little early, and start getting to know more people, getting to know the people that you already know better. We were. As it turns out, sin has caused us to be in isolation, the, the ultimate isolation. Uh, St. John, the oldest, well, he lived the longest of all the uh, apostles of Jesus, uh, he wrote uh, in his older age these words, a letter to us. He said, if we say that we have fellowship with him, God, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light... Jesus, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Do you see that? When we have a right relationship with God, boom, we've got a right relationship with other people. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And the next two verses you might be familiar with. It says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. One of the biggest problems we have with conflicts with other people is that we think we're right and we're always right. You know, if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. Be humble when we talk, when we interact with other people. Yes, they are sinful people you're interacting with, but so are you. So are you. But look at this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all un, and there's our theological word again, what is it? Righteousness. Our sinfulness separates us from our creator, it breaks that relationship. Jesus comes to heal that relationship. That was our biggest dilemma Humans being isolated from their creator. And just as an analogy, look how isolated our planet is in the vast expanse of the universe. Physically as isolated as you can imagine. And yet even more than that, sin completely separates us from God. 
that unrighteousness. As a matter of fact, that's the definition of hell. There's a lot of, I'm sure, pictures you've seen. There's a lot of uh, word uh, analogies in the Bible, fire and all this. But literally, hell is existing without the presence of God, being completely isolated from your Creator. And that's something that none of us can imagine because God has always been present in this world for every second of our life. We have no idea what that would be, but it would be horrible. And God doesn't want that for us. So God came to earth to be with us. And his death forgives all our sins. His resurrection gives us eternal life. And he heals, he heals that broken relationship with God and allows us to heal those relationships with one another, to have good, right, beneficial relationships with each other. Now this here is my rubber band ball. We don't have a rubber band ball anymore, <clears throat> but this one's mine. And I think this is a pretty good analogy of the fellowship of the church. Now this rubber band ball is pretty cool, I gotta admit. I can do a lot of things with it. I can play with it. I can, I can throw it up in the air. I can, I can roll it along the ground. I can even bounce it. Right? That was cool. I didn't practice that before. That's loud. Now, and, and if I got a project or something, I need a rubber band, boom, there's my rubber band. I got it. But now this rubber band by itself isn't very useful. Not as useful as this for sure. I mean, it doesn't really, can't throw it very far. It can't, uh, doesn't roll very well. It doesn't bounce, doesn't bounce at all. And then, it, you know, should this rubber band uh, get dry rotted, get old, or just, or maybe I over, you know, try to bind too much with it, and it cracks, it breaks, it's useless. But here's what you don't see. Inside this old rubber band ball are some old rubber bands. Some are dry rotted. Some are cracked. Some would be useless on their own. But this is the beautiful part of the fellowship of the church. These healthy rubber bands surround and even protect those broken rubber bands. What's so great about fellowship? Well, we, we connect with other people ultimately, so that we'll grow closer to Jesus. And then as we grow closer to Jesus, we bring other people with us closer to Jesus. And it's this interconnected mesh of, of people, this family, as we all continually grow. And as some of us slip, things happen from the outside that we can't control, that hurt us, distract us from, from Jesus' uh, love for us. We've got this whole community holding us together, constantly moving Towards, towards Jesus. You like my rubber band ball? So think about all of the wonderful people who loved you, this legacy of love, to tell you the good news about Jesus. I'm guessing that most, most everybody in here and most everybody online, someone told you that Jesus loves you before you 
read it in the Bible, probably even before you learned how to read. And you know what? Someone told them, and someone told them, and someone told them, all the way back to St. John, the very first, the 12 disciples of Jesus that went out in the world to share this wonderful news. Yes, we are broken. It's so obvious when you look at our world. We've messed things up uh, pretty good. But God was not going to leave us in that state. He's going to come and be with us, take our sins away, restore our relationship with him, and then, glory of glories, be able to restore relationships with other imperfect, sometimes hard to get along with, sometimes wonderful people, right? Our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen. Let me say a prayer, and then we'll get to join that uh, communion of this fellowship as we receive the body and blood of Christ. Heavenly Father, oh, thank you so much for bringing us into your family of love and grace. Thank you for the forgiveness of all of our sins. Thank you for the ability to forgive other people. What a great healing happens when we forgive someone else of their sins and their offenses against us. And what a great witness that is uh, for your unending love for us. No matter what we do, uh, you always forgive us. So help us to share that love and forgiveness with others. Help us to grow in love in our family and Christ so that we'll grow closer to you and so that we'll shine our light even brighter in this dark world. These things we ask for in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen.